You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at And welcome, everybody, to the debut episode of the Announcer Schedules podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gill. Joining uh, me, you know him from Announcer Schedules. You've been following his Twitter account for a while now. Well, now it's going to go into podcast form. Phil DeMelt Mollen is with me, and we're going to go through all the different announcer schedules. And uh, we're going to talk announcers, really announcers, kind of talking about announcers. And hopefully you'll enjoy it. And, Phil, great to have you on board as we kind of go down this journey of the announcer schedules. Tell us a little bit about the background, the origin of the Twitter handle, and how uh, we got to where we are today. Yeah, really exciting, Mike, to be with you and uh, for us to launch this podcast where we can talk all things announcers and really get into some of the, you know, minutia of what the announcers um, along the networks go through. I have a background in sports media and sports public relations. I've, I've spent my whole career in the industry. Uh, I worked at the University of Miami in the sports information department. I spent a bunch of years in motorsports as well. Uh, these days, my day job is on the NCAA Division Three level at a small liberal arts college here in the mountains of North Carolina, Brevard College. So shout out to the Tornadoes. And all along the way, I've also worked behind the scenes on TV and radio broadcasts, mainly as a talent statistician, whereby I would literally be sitting next to the play-by-play announcer, feeding him or her notes throughout the contest to try to uh, take the broadcast to a different level and uh, certainly keep everything on track from a statistical standpoint. And so I've been a part of a lot of broadcast over the years and worked with a lot of different announcers. And just on a brainstorm, you know, roughly four years ago, I was driving down the street and thinking to myself, well, wait a second. You know, I keep track of who is announcing every one of these games. And it's kind of how I'm wired and it's how I approach watching any given Saturday or Sunday of sports on television. Not only am I watching who's playing the games, but I'm paying attention, very close attention to who's calling the games. And usually I have a cheat sheet for myself, literally literally a yellow legal pad where I 
have all the games listed out along with the announcers. And I decided, you know what? Maybe I should give this a shot and just make this information public and see if the universe is interested in this as well. And so I started the announcer Sked's Twitter account and started, you know, from ground zero and just basically tweeted my first game, which was the upcoming um, game that afternoon. Tim Brando was on the call. He immediately retweeted it, not knowing who I was. And it all, you know, got started from there. And now we're approaching 20,000 Twitter followers. And I believe it's been, become a go-to source for not only fans, but also members of the industry to kind of keep track of who's calling which games. And, you know, I, I'm just happy to, to make what's been a passion for me a resource for others. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm a radio host in Atlantic City on 97.3 ESPN out of the Atlantic City market. I've worked in Philly. I've done some national stuff. And I've always been someone who's listened to the Sports Media Watch podcast with T.J. Reeves and John Lewis, which you can hear on uh, this feed on Apple Pods and Google Pod and Spotify. And one day I reached out to T.J. and asked him a question, and we got to talking, and then uh, he threw me your name, and boom, the podcast announcer schedules is alive here we go we've got plenty we want to get into and uh, you know the NFL has been I mean this is a one pot in itself with all the movement that has happened around the NFL the number one boost who's going to fill the number two spots all the networks Fox ESPN NBC CBS and oh yes now Amazon Prime is in the mix they all have different looks Phil so uh, what do we know? What else is happening? We've got names, names, more names, and more news. Um, it seems like the news with the NFL announcers boots is never stopping. What do we know? Yeah, you know, when we talked off air, you know, about a week ago, Mike, you know, we figured this thing was pretty much settled, but then more and more news continues to come out and the musical chairs keep on uh, moving. So here's where we're at, you know, from my vantage point at least. Uh, CBS is set, uh, of course, with Jim Nance and Tony Romo. NBC is set with their lead team, Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth. Now, there was an announcement this week that Al Michaels has been named to a um, role now with NBC Sports where he's going to call a NFL playoff game. So, you know, Michaels still a part of the NBC Sports family. Uh, he's also going to contribute to Olympics and other big events like that. Uh, he will be that number two team for NBC. Still don't know who his analyst would be. Uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, you know, the number one ESPN team. News also came out recently. Uh, Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, Dan Orlovsky, the number two ESPN team. You know, so that, that package is changing a little where they're getting a few more additional games beyond just the, you know, standard Monday night football package. Fox, Kevin Burkhart has been named the number one play-by-play announcer, and we everyone saw the big Tom Brady news a little while back. Greg Olson has been reportedly named the top uh, studio or check that game analyst to go along right, with he'd that. He'd be crew the number with one Burkhart. with Burkhart, we think. We think, you know. So there, you know, Olson was on a, a radio show, the Dan Patrick Show, uh, earlier this week. You know, saying, hey, hold your horses, <laughs> you know, this thing isn't done yet. Uh, so we'll wait and see there. You know, the thing I'm curious here is the Tom Brady situation, because the original release from that investors relations call with Fox stated that Tom Brady would join Fox as its lead analyst immediately following his playing career. 
And so whether that means literally immediately he goes straight into the booth, which could be when the, the Bucks are eliminated in the playoffs potentially, perhaps it's even a couple more years if he decides not to retire playing football. Who knows? So that's an interesting twist. And certainly if, you know, Olsen was part of the, you know, scenario now, you know, what, what does that mean for Brady? Say he's available for the Super Bowl. Is it a three-man booth? Does Brady perhaps get some reps as part of the studio team? Um, you know, there's still, you know, some clarity that needs to be figured out there. Uh, Amazon, we mentioned Al Michaels, you know, now part of that um, NBC uh, crew and that, that new role for him. But he'll be the regular Thursday night uh, announcer along with Kirk Herbstreet on Amazon. So and, a and lot Herbstreet staying with ESPN for college football. Herbstreet will be staying with ESPN for college football, college game day, that you know primetime package with Chris Fowler on Saturday nights. You know that you know, and I've I've seen Herbstreet talk a little bit like, "Hey guys." Don't worry. I, you know, college football, I'm, I'm all over it still. You know, don't, don't worry about that. And, and worth mentioning, too, you know, Dan Orlovsky, you know, and I, I don't even think it's officially come out. That's another report that he's, you know, part of that number two team with, with ESPN on the NFL games. But he'll continue co- calling college, um, I would assume, as well. You know, and he's been a uh, fast-track uh, analyst, you no, know, Phil, since entering Orlovsky used to be on our local NBC Sports Philadelphia here. They'd be have him on some of the local shows. Uh, he has really no ties to Philadelphia, but I guess this is where his training ground was it, it, locally here in the regional sports network. And then boom, he's at ESPN. I guess uh, Fox maybe tried to get him, and ESPN gave him this number two job. So he's going to get this number two. Get now, keep in mind, people. There's more number two opportunities for ESPN this year than in the past because they have a couple of weeks, I think it's three, where they'll have two Monday night football games. Yeah, that's right. And I think in future years as well, there's even more and perhaps even, you know, some playoff inventory in addition to that as well. So certainly that that's an important role. And, you know, I've just been noticing, you know, in the last couple of years, Orlovsky's getting more and more you know, uh, bigger assignments. Uh, he seems to be very valued. He really seems to know these these X's and O's, you know, kind of thing, kind of brings a different approach in terms of, you know, that, um, you know, real, you know, down to the, the, the dirty, you know, X's and O's. This is what's happening out there from that quarterback perspective. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's been fun to watch, you know, the rise in his career. And, you know, it's cool, cool to see, you know, uh, you know, Steve Levy, you know, continuing to get NFL games as well. Uh, so there's NFL. Uh, remember, Amazon Prime only Thursday nights. It's Al Michaels, Herbstreit. You have to watch the game on Amazon Prime. Uh, by the way, Fox number two team, don't know yet. We we don't know who the announcer is, and we don't know who the analyst is going to be. Yeah, that that's a great point because Kevin Burkhart was in that spot with Greg Olson uh, You know, this prior year, and if Burkhart moves to the number one, which has been announced, and if Olsen – you know, comes along with them that leaves void in both of those spots. Um, still not sure who that's going to be. Uh, we haven't seen an announcement yet. You know, conventional wisdom says you know names like Adam Amin or Joe Davis may be in that play-by-play spot. Um, we know it won't be Gus Johnson. Uh, Gus Johnson, um, you know, uh, shared with the public that he's going back to school. He's part of a uh, leadership initiative, very intensive program at Harvard. So he needs to make his way to 
um, either back home in front of a, a Zoom call, I would as assume, or maybe even to Cambridge, Massachusetts um, on the regular. And so he's just going to be doing college football uh, this season so he can focus on that Harvard initiative. Um, so we'll wait and see who the play-by-play -play announcer will be um, and certainly the analyst role as well. You know, there, there's, a, there's a handful of names that could make sense there also. Right. We would imagine CBS might have a little bit of changes here or there, maybe at the back end. If that happens, we'll tell you here on the announcer, uh, announcer schedule podcast. Uh, Phil, all right, let's go to uh, – before we move to the NBA, is there any other NFL – thoughts we should get out there or, or um is man it's been a lot going on uh, or is everything settled there well i think that just the one other kind of spot the one other you know um void that we'll keep an eye on to see who gets that assignment would be that number two analyst role for nbc to work along with al michaels which which is a great opportunity for an announcer to get the chance to work with the, the great Al Michaels, you know, who has such an illustrious career. What an opportunity for, for someone. Um, you're assuming that person may also be the analyst for Notre Dame football, the right. spot that Drew Brees. Well, we were saying, in. is it going to be Drew Brees? Is he still with NBC? Is he going to get uh, traded? Is he going to get released? That Brees thing seems to be up in the air since his tweet uh, about a week ago. Yeah. So we're still not even sure there. So, I guess we're, we're waiting to see on that as well, and, and that should bring some clarity also to that Notre Dame assignment. Okay, so we will certainly be discussing that in future podcasts here on the Announcer Schedule podcast, uh, part of the Sports Media Watch feed, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, get all that in because now we're going to go to the NBA, which the NBA are in the conference finals. We're wrapping up the West. Dallas kept it alive. The East could go seven uh, which means you got the TV, ESPN, and TNT, and then ESPN Radio has an interesting configuration on the calls on these tournament uh, on these games. Yeah, it's been an interesting experience for for fans of these teams in the conference finals, different than what you saw in the first a couple rounds of the NBA playoffs, whereby you really settle in with these announcing teams on ESPN and ABC for the Celtics Heat Eastern Conference Final. The familiar voices of Mike Brain, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, Lisa Salters on the sideline. She was subbed uh, for one game using uh, Malika Andrews, stepped in for, for Lisa for one game. And then Malika ended up subbing for Mike Greenberg on the studio side of things uh, for one game of that Eastern Conference Finals. But what's interesting here is if that series goes seven and say the NBA Finals goes seven as well, uh, fans of that team in the, the Eastern Conference could very well have the same announcing team, Breen, Van Gundy, and Jackson, for 14 straight games, which is a, a lot of time to be listening to those voices. But everybody's used to those voices anyway. On the radio for the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, a, kind of a cool uh, pairing here, Mark Jones and Doris Burke. Uh, I know there's a lot of fans out there of Doris Burke's work. Uh, she's the analyst on ESPN Radio for the Eastern Conference Final. Monica McNutt, who's a bit of an up-and-comer on the sidelines for that one. And then in the Western Conference, Kevin Harlan, Reggie Miller, Stan Van Gundy, and Allie LaForest. On the radio side, uh, familiar voices on ESPN Radio, Mark Kessischer, PJ Carlissimo, and George Sedano. Uh, this is the first full series for Kevin Harlan. Uh, so fans of Kevin Harlan, you get to see him, you know, kind of on this bigger stage and then 
conference um, finals. So for first full conference final series for he gets Harlan. the old Marv Albert role here. It, exactly. So that Marv was in that spot. Um, you know, I, I believe Brian Anderson subbed for Marv when the uh, playoffs were in the uh, bubble a couple years, couple seasons back. Um, and then on the radio side. Marqueshisher, PJ Carlissimo, I always enjoy their work, and also George Sedano, you know, who is uh, all over the place as well. Uh, he's reporting for ESPN Radio. Um, hey, Mike, by the way, one one kind of fun thing that that went down um, earlier this week on one of the TNT broadcasts. I don't know if you caught this at all, but there's been a little bit of fun back and forth between the two uh, lead announcing teams for ESPN and TNT. Do you even know what I'm referring to here, Mike? No, you'll have to fill me in. All right. So I guess during the ESPN um, Celtics heat game the other night, uh, Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy were kidding around that the two of them could take on and defeat Reggie Miller and Stan Van Gundy in a (laughs) pickup game of two-on-two basketball. And then on last night's TNT broadcast of Mavs Warriors – Miller took it to a, a whole other level and said, hey, let's make this thing four on four. Harlan, Miller, Stan Van Gundy, and Ali LaForce versus Breen, <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, and Lisa Salters. And Miller was literally like kind of breaking down how the, you know, the game would, would, would uh, go down and who would have the advantage of the post and all this stuff. And meanwhile, you know, they, hey, shout out to the TNT graphics team. Um, they were able to dig up some uh, still photography of Stan Van Gundy wow. uh, back in his playing days on the NCAA Division Three level. And also Allie LaForce, who I didn't know was a um, college basketball player for the Ohio University Bobcats in the MAC. So with all that being said, and of course, Reggie Miller, you know, I would give him the edge over Mark Jackson. I like the TNT crew. They're doing something similar on the radio here on ESPN Radio between the morning team of Max Kellerman, um, Keyshawn Johnson, and Jay Williams against Bart Scott and Alan Hahn, who do the kind of the midday show, a two-on-two. They've been promoting this thing big time about this two-on-two game. Uh, So it seems like a little fun there. By the way... No Greenie on the radio. He has not been on the radio. Chris Carlin and Chris Canny have been filling in for Greenie. So he hasn't been on the radio because of his duties there, but he also missed his duty the other night. So we hope Greenie's okay. And then uh, if the Eastern Conference Finals go to a game seven, they would be up against uh, Sunday night baseball. So I guess we can uh, kind of take a look at, um, you know, what's going on with uh, with the baseball because – you know, baseball's all over the place, Phil. We've got uh, the Apple Plus, the Amazon, the uh, Amazon uh, uh, Peacock games, Sunday night baseball, Tuesday night TBS. So uh, baseball has been a little tough to find. Yeah, no doubt about it. A lot different this year, especially for those kind of traditional viewers who are used to tuning into the same spot every night on their, their cable system or, you know, with their bunny ears or, or whatnot but yeah you know apple on friday nights uh peacock on sunday i've enjoying the the peacock broadcast uh jason benetti uh on the play-by-play along with announcers from each of the uh teams that are playing that's a kind of a did, cool formula did facebook do that a couple of years ago didn't facebook take the broadcasters from the the two teams when they had that one year where there were some facebook games do you remember that 
I remember those games being over the air. I, I can't recall the, the announcer configuration for that. Um, yeah, but it, it seemed like the, those experiments with, with Facebook and also, you know, YouTube does some stuff. Yeah. We're kind of the, the early um, examples of where we're going with all this baseball via the stream. Apple Plus, by the way, I've never seen picture quality as good yeah. as what they do. I don't know what the technology is. I would love to learn that at some point, but wow, what a picture they've got on Apple yeah, Plus. The graphics are great. The, the, the color's great. And, you know, Katie Nolan, she's a part of that broadcast. She had mentioned, you know, the concept is more, hey, we're going to have a podcast during the game. You're going to watch a three-hour game. We're not going to give you a traditional broadcast. It's supposed to be like you're sitting and listening to a, a podcast like us two here. So they've got that going on, and then you've got the um, the uh, Peacock, uh, uh, Apple Plus, and then Amazon Prime game. So there's three different streaming services, different days of the week. Uh, I know the Yankee fans, I guess the Apple or is it Amazon Prime has a bunch of Yankee games. I think they have a Yankee package because I hear the Northeast. We hear a lot of the Yankee people talking about that, having their games on that. Because what happens, Phil, is a lot of the, the local establishments, they don't they can't put the games on when these games are on Plus or um, the streaming services yet. Yeah, I've heard that as well, that, you know, the kind of the, the sports bars you know, haven't completely figured out how to stream effectively, you know, with the current systems they may have. So, you know, maybe that's something that these streaming companies um, can can assist with somehow, because if you're hearing some chatter now and some, you know, moaning and groaning, perhaps imagine come Thursday night football in the oh, yeah. NFL. You know, what what people's reaction is going to be if they're not able to tune in at their local establishment. Well, I guess the conversation is, is it, you know, I, we'll see. And this would be a, maybe a question for the sports media watch guys, John and TJ, like, are these streaming services getting enough traction? Are they getting enough people to sign up? Or is it more, hey, 162 games, if I miss one, I, I don't really care. Uh, I guess we'll see if they are getting the subscriptions, but – I would imagine because Gary Bettman was on uh, a podcast recently, and he said, "Listen, the over, you know, this uh, direct to consumer that seems to be the way to go. They seemed very happy with uh, ESPN. So let's transition over to the hockey. Um, the announcing teams for these hockey playoffs, which man, they have been great. Um, Connor McDavid is worth your price of admission. He is that good. So if you're not watching Calgary and Edmonton right now." Get on Edmonton and take the ride. Watch this kid. You're watching something different, something special. Who's announcing these games? Yeah, and I've truthfully just started to follow the NHL announcing landscape closely just a couple weeks ago. I was I was a little shy to take it on because, you know, I'm admittedly not like a huge hockey fan. I'm from Miami, Florida. So, you know, other than the Florida Panthers, you know, which is, believe it or not, more of like a – Broward County, Fort Lauderdale thing. You know, you just hockey's not in the consciousness that much down there. My my original home, so I didn't really grow up with the sport. But it's been fun to check it out now that I'm I'm kind of following it from the industry standpoint. And you know, the the Panthers Lightning series, which just ended, Kenny Albert was the the lead voice on that one. Eddie Olchek, uh, Keith Jones as well. And you know that that team just superb. I mean. 
the the bits and pieces I heard from Albert were just top notch. I know he's got a lot of experience in the sport. Avalanche Blues, the play-by-play announcer is Brendan Burke. That series is still going on. And then over on ESPN, the lead team of Sean McDonough, Ray Ferraro, and Emily Kaplan for Hurricanes Rangers. And then also I'd expect that team, you know, through the conference finals and also Stanley Cup finals as well on ABC. And then the Flames Oilers series, um, John Buchagross was the play-by-play announcer for the first two games while Bob Wischusen was at the PGA Championship. Wischusen then um, it seems to be handling the rest of the series. Um, so that's been fun to watch as well. Steve Levy anchoring uh, the studio for ESPN, who's made this big comeback, you know, back into the sport after, you know, um, not being around it for several years. But there's certainly a lot of people up in Bristol with a lot of experience in the yeah. sport of hockey. Uh, with Bob was choosing, by the way, uh, Jets fans will recognize Bob. Uh, Keith Jones, Flyers fans, he's on the Flyers broadcast. And uh, Kenny Albert, I guess, does the Rangers radio. You also know him on NFL on Fox. So some familiar Local voices, national voices. The hockey is doing a great job. They've been a lot of fun. And they're the most competitive games. The NBA games, not so good. Uh, we've been getting some great hockey calls in some of these um, uh, great series. Let's go to saw Joe Buck for the first time uh, for the PGA Championship, which had some solid ratings. Uh, they peaked at like over $9 million, I think I read, uh, for the playoff. But because of a meltdown here, uh, what we see with the Manning cast and the, the PGA championship. Yeah. Interesting. This um, new Manning cast, um, you know, it's pretty much becoming part of the common vernacular. ESPN, that, doesn't, ESPN doesn't like that. People call it the Manning cast. I don't think this one was done by Omaha Productions, So, you know, it's probably as close to a Manning cast as we can, we can get, but you know, Joe Buck, uh, you know, like you said, his, his debut, you know, it was 16 hours of coverage, you know, on, um, the the Joe Buck um, cast and yeah I caught a little bit of it you know it, it seems to be a formula that um, you know truthfully I don't know if anyone's quite hit the levels that uh, Peyton and Eli have as far as you know just the the entertainment value of the show um, you know the closest I've seen so far was um, during the women's college basketball actually had had an outstanding group uh do that but you know there's been a lot of um you know certainly iterations of this you know whether it's a college football or now pga golf uh we've seen it as well with major league baseball now I think you're gonna you see know, with- more and more of it too i think all these networks are gonna try to you know maybe if you're cbs do you put something on cbs sports network if you're fox do you put something on fs1 you know do you think you will see this expand a little bit probably yeah, it, it seems to be that way. And again, you know, I, I'm not sure of the exact business side of it and the, the ratings impact and that kind of thing. But I'll, I'll tell you what, it, it's more exposure, more opportunity for, for different uh, personalities and announcers and just more options for, for viewers as well. Well, we know sports programming. Everyone's trying to gobble it up. Live sports. Uh, and we're talking about it. The Announcer Schedules podcast. Uh, you can get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, like, share, review, subscribe. Uh, we'll be talking about the announcers every single week here on the Sports Media Watch feed. And you can check out their podcast as well with John and TJ. Tell me a story uh, I don't know with George. I listened to the Tom Brenneman. Uh, that was a fascinating conversation with Tom. That's also on the Sports Media Watch feed as well. Um, 
We're going to get into next up, how about the Indy 500? Uh, auto racing uh, this weekend, the Indy 500, kind of their Super Bowl. Uh, so what do we have on the call for the Indy 500? Well, it's a big time Sunday. And, you know, I mentioned at the top of the show, Mike, I've got some experience in, in motorsports. I spent about a decade of my career as that my my primary gig. And this Sunday of Memorial Day annually is the biggest day across motorsports. It's just a loaded potato for uh, motorsports fans. You start the morning in Monaco for the Formula One race, pre-race at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. The race starts right around 9 a.m. Uh, that race, by the way, will re-air on ABC during the afternoon as well, uh, commercial-free. Uh, the way the Formula One broadcasts work, it's, it's produced and announced um, via Formula One themselves and Sky Sports and ESPN picks that up. Uh, David Croft, the, you know, kind of the, the play-by-play guy on F1 and then the Indy 500, you know, which, you know, just, you know, a household uh, brand name, uh, no doubt. And Tarico will be there for uh, a host role. Once again, uh, he's done that for now four years. Uh, Danica Patrick will be his studio analyst, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Rutledge Wood, who are more, you know, NASCAR guys, but they'll be a part of that. You know, and they bring a, a bit of a, uh, entertainment feel as well you know for that pre-race show and so forth and then in the booth itself lee diffie uh the play-by-play voice he's done it for several years then a couple of uh former drivers townsend bell and james hinchcliffe hinchcliffe will make their um you know debuts in the indy 500 booth bell's been around a little bit hinchcliffe will make his debut uh familiar Voices on pit road as well, like Marty Snyder, Kevin Lee, and David Burns. And then for race fans, 6 p.m. on Fox, the Coca-Cola 600, which is a 600-mile race. You know, sometimes they even have a little bit of uh, weather issues there in Charlotte. And uh, Mike Joy will be on the play-by-play again for that. It's the 22nd year of coverage of NASCAR for Fox, so they certainly know what they're doing uh, when it comes to events like that. But the bottom line is, if you're a racing fan on Sunday, you can get started at 7.30 a.m. in Monaco. You can end the evening in Charlotte, North Carolina, with the Coca-Cola 600. Probably, you know, you're probably approaching 10 p.m., 11 p.m. by that time. And, uh, yeah, you can get your fix on racing on Sunday. There's no doubt about it. So the uh, race weekend is uh, underway, and it starts off this weekend. Uh, speaking of some race weekend, I guess it's a time to uh, kind of look back and reflect at uh, a big part of racing that we lost in the broadcast uh, field. Well, I men- appreciate you mentioning that. Um, Dave McClelland, who is a name that a lot of folks may not be familiar with, um, he was a huge part of NHRA drag racing for decades. And uh, he started as a drag racing announcer at a racetrack uh, in 1959 and basically, um, you know, was attached to the sport from that point forward. Um, you know, was one of these guys who made a lot of things happen. You know, he, he was a announcer at the track but also you know turned it into television exposure would go out and sell the shows himself oftentimes and and land some of these deals on uh television you know and then became a a a regular on espn and espn2 and places like the 
uh, Nashville Network and the Outdoor Life Channel and things like that. And anybody who's into the sport of drag racing uh, certainly appreciates all that Dave McClellan does. And, you know, uh, may he rest in peace. Just a, a fantastic career in NHRA drag racing, which, by the way, I mean, that talking about a specialized sport to call, you know, a lot of, you know, um, you know, real for <laughs> no pun intended nuts and bolts, you know, kind of stuff that, you know, if you don't know that sport inside and out, you, you have no business calling it. Oh yeah. I, I, you know, uh, I've called a lot of sports. Um, uh, I, I think, um, uh, tech ball I saw on ESPN the other night. The, uh, that's one that I think I should get away from. Uh, don't ask me if I'm interested in that one. Uh, and, and as you just mentioned there, if you don't know it, and, and you know, it's like a lot of people do it. I do baseball. I do basketball. I do football. I've done MMA. Uh, hockey is a little, for whatever reason, I understand the game. I just, the flow and the speed of the game, I just can't for whatever reason. But you're right. If you're, if you're not in tune with somebody, people just act like, you know, guys like Jim Nance and uh, Joe Buck, he does baseball, football, they do it all. You can do a lot of them, but if you don't know one of them or something, it is tough to kind of make that transition. Uh, also, uh, here locally, get well soon, John Cruck is part of the uh, Phillies broadcast team. He's got gallbladder surgery, and uh, he's going to miss some time uh, for the Phillies. He's uh, does a great – remember, Cruck did national stuff for ESPN. He's now here. If you ever wondered – what happened to Cruck? He's on NBC Sports Philadelphia. He does a partial schedule with the Phillies. They kind of rotate their broadcasters through. So uh, get well to Cruck. And Mike, his partner uh, is usually Tom McCarthy, correct? Uh, who a lot of you know people who watch national television, uh, sports, CBS, uh, you know, certainly does great work as well. Westwood, Westwood one. one. Yep. yep. Yeah, so, um, you know, get well soon, John Cruck. McCarthy yeah. actually got the big break this year. He filled in for Jim Nance for a game uh, with Tony Romo, so that got some news here. But, yeah, he does uh, the NCAA tournament. You'll hear him. You'll hear uh, some, you know, CBS football games. He does some college basketball here locally. But Phillies, yes, that's where he kind of um, makes his mark here. Um, replaced Harry Callis, by the way, was Tom McCarthy. Um, so, all right, we've got uh, a whole bunch going on. By the way, Jim Nance, who we're going to hear from in our favorite calls this week, 32 years in a row, uh, he is on the 18th Tower. Now, I just heard Jim on the Press Box podcast, so shout out to those guys. Jim Nance, great, just a fantastic conversation with Jim Nance, more than an interview, just a great conversation and he said he hopes to make it to 2036 doing the Masters. That would be 50 years for him calling the Masters. Uh, so that's his goal. So we could hear Nance until 2032. Uh, but he had a call uh, at the PGA, and that's something that we're going to have and kind of take a listen to as one of our favorite calls this week here uh, as the PGA Championship. Take a listen. Five years later. After his win at Quell Hollow, it's Justin time again at the PGA Championship. All right, so there you go. Just in time again, he says. Now, he did reference about how he thinks about these things, you know, and how they kind of – he thinks it – moments like you don't get that moment in a football game like he said a lot of times it ends with a kneel down 
or whatever, a random play. The, the last play of the game isn't normally, but he says in something like this or the NCAA tournament, he likes to put something on it. Yeah, a, a stamp on it, you know, so it can kind of, you know, live, you know, forever uh, sort of thing. And, um, you know, that, that one I felt like was a little anticlimactic to some of the ones we've heard in the past. You know, part of it was, you know, it wasn't like he sunk some huge long putt to, to get the win. It was kind of a, a tap in, you know, to, 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 to finish off the, um, the, the round and, and so forth. But yeah, Nance, I mean, you know, it's just, it never gets old kind okay. of, and Hey, keep on going. Phil, when you think of Nance, what do you think of first masters golf, uh, masters golf one NCAA or football? I still, th- I think of him masters first and foremost, Jim, Nance, know. the masters. Yep. All right. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. That tells us that the weather is about to change. We're starting to get some nice weather. Everything's starting to change for us here uh, when the Masters starts. All right. Uh, let's get to, we mentioned him earlier. Here's Kevin Harlan, one of our favorite calls of the week in the Western Conference Finals. Clay Thompson, Wiggins, Looney. Three. Steph got it. He is ruthless. 10-0 Golden State run. They've recaptured the lead. And Stephen Curry once again going into his bag. Ball movement, man movement. Back cut and the rest. Let me look at my fellas on my way down for his third made three. There's Reggie Miller and uh, at the end there, Kevin Harlan. Ruthless. He's fantastic. Yeah, you know, what I like about Harlan is he he can make those kind of signature type calls and, you know, really uh, get excited and all that. But he also gives you a lot of straight up play by play, which I, you know, I'm kind of a traditionalist. I think sometimes the broadcasts become a little too conversational. You know, you mentioned, you know, sounding like a podcast on that that Apple Plus Uh, with Katie Nolan, but, you know, sometimes they get, you know, kind of off track. And at the end of the day, I still want to know what's going on out there. And you could hear Harlan calling the ball movement, you know, from, from one player to the next. And then, you know, the finish by Steph Curry. And also I want to mention Reggie Miller, you know, what he did there was, you know, what they call taking it to break, basically, you know, the, the idea that a commercial breaks coming, you know, a production truck is is in his ear, kind of counting things down. And there's an art to that. You know, um, it's sometimes the analyst takes it to break. Sometimes the play by play person. You know, but certainly, you know, there's an art uh, to taking it to break. Um, you know, I've been told that Bill Raftery is the all time goat in taking it to break. Um, you know, as far as a, an analyst goes, but you know, just a nice job, you know, a solid call there from Harlan and, uh, Miller, you know, there were some other ones, you know, some thunderous dunks and that kind of thing. But sometimes, you know, I, I like just recognizing sort of the straight up play by play also. And in hearing that ball movement, you know, yeah. those names say, come off almost, the tongue. It was almost as if he was calling a, a globetrotters game with the ball movement there. And he kept up with everything and uh, bang, he nailed it there. Uh, no, no pun to uh, Mike Breen there with my bang, but uh, that was Kevin Harlan on the call. I got one I want to throw in, Phil. This is local New York, yes, because there's a little message behind it. 
Uh, Jose Trevino with a walk-off. There's a bunch of walk-offs on Wednesday night, but this one was special. Michael K here on Yes. Line drive, it's a base hit, and the Yankees will win the game. Here comes Kaida Falefa. Trevino joyously rounds first base. He's won the game, and the Yankees come away with a 7-6 win. Trevino offensively. You know, if you break this game down, Michael, a lot of different ways. All right, so that's the yes call right there, and it's special, Phil. Uh, Trevino's father had passed in 2013, and yesterday would have been his birthday, and you see him rounding first base, pointing to the sky, and Michael Kay, I thought, did a good job, you know, saying a joyous Trevino pointing to the sky. So that was hit well there by Michael Kay, I thought, on yes, uh, on a night of a ton of comebacks. Braves had a comeback. Uh, the Giants came back on the Mets last night, but I thought that uh, Yankee, I'm no Yankee fan, by the way, but got to give credit where credit's due. Michael Kay, I thought, did a nice job there. Yeah, no, no doubt. Michael Kay, one of the, the pros, no doubt. All right, so the announcer schedules pod is in the books for this week. Remember, you can uh, get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts as part of the Sports Media Watch feed. When it drops, you'll get the alert. If you subscribe, write a review, tell us what you like, tell us what you want to hear. Uh, we've got it all for you, all uh, the events coming up. We'll be talking about all the announcers. Can't wait to get into college football. Uh, that will be starting. We're 99 days away from the time we're recording to college football because there is a laundry list of announcers who call college football. Go ahead, Phil. And, and there's a bullseye suddenly on the Texas A&M Alabama game. October 8, October 8. Yes, we will uh, be wondering who will get the call. Now, is that going to be an ESPN game now, SEC moving to ESPN this year? You know, I, I'm, you I think spot, it's still a year off, right? CBS I'm, I may be game? wrong. Yeah. Um, I know that CBS lost the SEC to ESPN. I don't know if that starts this year or is that going to be – you know, I know there was a lot of like, you know, hey, we're going to kind of pick our games going back and forth here. Big Ten on Fox, of course. Uh, so the college football landscape. October 8th is that game, though. I would imagine that will get some prime time coverage. Uh, don't forget to check out the Twitter handle at – Announcer Skeds, that's S-K-E-D-S. Follow there. Uh, Phil will be tweeting away all the announcing lineups for every major event out there, and some minor, by the way. He's got it all. So you can follow there. You can listen to us on the Announcer Skeds podcast here if you uh, like to hear us talk about the broadcasters. Tell your friends. Start spreading the news. Like Michael K., you heard the music in the background on that hit there. Uh, start letting everybody know, hey, these guys are talking about the announcers, and I want to be involved. So Apple Pod, Google Pod, Spotify, uh, review, rate, subscribe. That helps us all out to let us keep doing this and having a good time. So before we get out of here, Phil, uh, anything we'd like to add, anything we missed, anything that is still lingering before we close shop? No, we'll, we'll continue to keep a close eye on the, the musical chairs that seem to never stop with it, the NFL. And, you know, we'll, we'll look ahead as – you know, NBA and NHL playoffs continue to roll on. Big sport, uh, weekend and racing as well that 
you know, we'll talk about next week how that all shook out. And do want to mention the sports Emmys? Uh, they went down this past week. Also, uh, winners there, uh, familiar names to to everyone listening to this show. Uh, Mike Tarico won outstanding studio host. Collinsworth won outstanding event analyst. Malika Andrews won emerging on-air talent. Holly Rowe, outstanding reporter, and Mike Breen. Uh, the outstanding play-by-play personality. So congratulations to those winners. And congratulations to all the -the behind-the-scenes folks who were able to earn sports Emmys. Um, You know, at at some point in the show, I'd love to get into kind of, you know, the -the behind-the-scenes side of things as well. You know, just a a cast of thousands who, you know, we don't ever hear their names necessarily, but certainly make, you know, the the viewer and the listener experience worthwhile. Yeah, I went to high school with a guy who uh, does uh, some graphics for ESPN. Had no idea that he did that. He reached out to me randomly because he saw that I called games, and I happened to be where he lives, and he was telling me about his travel schedule. You don't even know what these guys are doing. They're on planes. They're everywhere. So that's a good point, Phil. Uh, All right, we've got the – Episode one in the books here for the announcer schedule podcast. We'll be back next week uh, with plenty, plenty more. I'm the host, uh, Mike Gill. You can let listen to me on 97.3 ESPN in Atlantic City. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Gill Show. And uh, Phil DeMont Mullen is uh, announcer skeds. And we will be back with another great edition next week right here on the Sports Media Watch podcast feed. This is the announcer schedules podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.